Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. It's really exciting to coach people and see them go from the passenger seat to the driver's seat. It's a beautiful journey to watch and be a part of and to see them drive off. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Inspiration Rising. Dave Trotter here. So excited that you're here with me for this conversation with Shanna Kennedy. Oh, she is the author of a book called The Life Plan, Simple Strategies for a Meaningful Life. Do you have a plan for your life? I was just talking to my wife the other day about how hilarious it is, all the twists and turns that my life has taken. I would have never, ever planned for my life to go from being a pastor to marketing to filmmaker and author and now business growth consultant and tech startup company. Oh my goodness, my life has gone all over the place. It is not the plan that I had in the beginning. And that's one of the things that I love about my conversation with Shanna Kennedy is because her book is really a strategy to help you identify who you really are, your true self, your values, how to declutter and simplify your life, how to improve time management, and think about the structures that you can put in place in your life so that you can move toward your goals and visions. It's less about here's the exact step one, two, three of how my life is going to unfold and more about the, well, the, the, the deep down core elements that will help you have a beautiful, rich, and meaningful life. Shanna Kennedy is one of the foremost life coaches in Australia, and of course, her accent just sounds amazing. She is such a powerful, and yet, I feel like this gentle presence, and she is so generous with how she breaks down her book. I ask her all the questions, and I will tell you, this book is gorgeous. Is that three syllables? Gorgeous. Yes, it is. All these beautiful photos that they took in the book specifically for the book. They're not stock photos. They are specifically for the message of what she was trying to communicate. And in the back of the book are the most amazing heartfelt photos of her and her family on this RV adventure. Now, I'm going to tell you, she has a new book coming out. We talk about it at the end of the episode, uh, but it's called Plan B, A Guide to Navigating and Embracing Change. Hmm, I wonder why she wrote that book in the last year. Yeah, something called the pandemic. Plan B, a guide to navigating embracing change. It's available on Amazon, I believe, July 20th, 2021. Let me click over here and find out what day is it released? <laughs> I'm scrolling, July 20th, 2021. Hey, that's my daughter's birthday, July 20th. All right, hey, you are going to love Shanna. Let's jump into this conversation. And you know what? You may want to have your notes app open because. She's got some great things to say, and you're definitely wanna get gonna gonna wanna wanna gonna gonna wanna. Ooh, that is a good statement. You're definitely gonna wanna get her book called The Life Plan. All right, let's jump into this conversation with Shanna Kennedy. 
Well, Shanna, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's great. It's great that we can do this, you know, global interviews now, isn't it? So easily. No, it's so amazing. You and I would have never met before if it wasn't through the power of technology. Yeah, I know. So and, that, and I find that so interesting over the last year, how much the whole world's opened up. It was always open, but now it's open at a whole new level. Right, right. So I want to hear a little bit about your journey from, um, well, you've got quite a journey. You've been through all sorts of ups and downs and twists and turns to finding your way now to being a, a coach. But give us a little bit of, of background if people aren't familiar with you. Yeah, my my journey was it's been quite interesting. It wasn't linear, that's for sure. It was all over the place. But I really wanted to be a stockbroker. You know, I watched Wall Street the movie when I was about sixteen, and I thought I want to be Gordon Gecko. You know, I was really attracted to that fast-paced, high-achieving type industry. So I actually did my work experience in the stock exchange, running on the floor with the tickets. And um, I was hooked instantly. So uh, the first thing I did when I left school was was ring a stockbroking firm every day for about 15 days until they gave me a job because they knew I was going to be that pesky little fly that just wouldn't go away. So I got a job in the filing department down in the dungeon with no windows, you know, the dusty old contract notes. And I was like, right, I've got my foot in the door. I really want to get up to that trading desk. And there was no women up there. It was all men. So in those days, that was oh, that was like 20, 22 years ago. There really wasn't that sort of females around, but I was really determined. And I slowly worked my way up from one desk to the next desk to the next, next desk and got myself up to run the whole settlements for, um, for, for the boys on the desk. So I got to sit on that trading desk and that was exciting. And they said, you're doing a great job, but you're too young and you're a girl and you don't have a degree. So I said, okay, I'll um, I'll go and get older. So I went and travelled the world for a, for a couple of years, as us Australians do. We we buy a one way ticket and we put our backpack on and and we just go. So I travelled for two years around um, all of Europe and the Middle East, and you know there was no emails, there was no mobile phones then. So you know I would ring my parents on the first day of every month just to tell them I was alive, and that was the only contact you really had. And I came back and got my job back. And then I sort of realized it was a little bit like the Wolf of Wall Street. And I thought, this is no place for me. Um, I don't want to be here. So I got a job in sport um, marketing with a lawyer who was very passionate about golf. And he said, do you want to run a business from the ground up? I will teach you if you're interested. And I was like, that's so much better than going to university. Uh, Yes, please. I'm there for you. So he taught me everything about running a sports management business. So every department, how to negotiate contracts, how to run the big corporate golf days. His his specialty was just golf. So it was just the golfers. So I went and watched Tiger Woods when he came out to Australia and went to all the tournaments, etc. And then Bolle Sunglasses saw me at the golf and they said, oh, we love what you do. Can you come over here? We've got 200 athletes in 10 different sports. So I'm a bit of a fake it till you make it. So jump in the swimming pool and see if I can swim. So I had 200 athletes. I, I was the Jerry Maguire then. I was buying and selling athletes and I had all the money. I was a sponsorship manager. So I had to choose. And that was a really interesting time because that was all about relationships because Bolle didn't have the same budget as an Oakley. So my whole thing was about how do I build relationships with people? not just sell them the product and put it on their face and pay them, you know, money for it. It was really about building relationships and I learned a lot. But as you know, sports on the weekend. So I end up working seven days a week. I loved my job. I married my job. My title became who I was. I was definitely getting tickets to everything. Everything was free for me. You know, it was a really great life in your 20s. I think everybody would love that life in their 20s. Sounds good. So, yeah, it was really fun. And I burnt the candle at every end. You know, I went to all the after parties. It was so fun. I could write a book about what happens at after parties, but I'd get sued. But there's some really interesting things. So it was this incredible fast-paced lifestyle that ended up costing me my health. So I got chronic fatigue syndrome where... For a whole year, I couldn't even get out of bed. I couldn't 
drive my car. I couldn't shower myself. It was painful. It was horrible. And still today, 20 years later, I, I battle with it. It's it's the one thing I battle with. But while I was lying in bed, I was thinking about all the athletes. And if you think about all the athletes over there in the US, what happens to them when they get injured or they retire or they get dropped from the team or they get too old and they've just turned 30 and they'll and the career is over? Is I saw so much destruction because they didn't know who they were without their job. You know, you you were someone playing for, you know, we've got all the football clubs here. Um, and as soon as you took somebody outside of a football club, they completely lost their identity. They didn't get anything for free. No one stopped them in the street anymore. So it was a really confronting experience. The same thing happened to me is when I was sick. It was like, oh, well, the, there was no more emails, like because I couldn't give people things for free and Everyone's like, well, you're out of sight, out of mind. And it comes with a real depression. So I saw a lot of destruction. There's very few athletes that then go into commentary, especially in those days. If you think 22 years ago, what was happening, or 20 years ago, 15 years ago, what was happening with our athletes? Um, there really wasn't much support for them with transition. And I don't, I believe that it's still not very good. Um, so I decided to study life coaching. 20 years ago when there was no life coaches here and uh, everyone thought I was a complete fool, why would you go from your Jerry Maguire job to be a life coach? How ridiculous. And my passion was really to coach athletes into retirement. I really wanted to, to have that plan, that life plan that ran alongside their career plan. And that's how it all started. And I got myself a life coach to get me through the depression of chronic fatigue. Mm. So I knew the benefits of you don't need a counsellor, you don't need a psychologist, but you need someone to be your strategist with you mm -hmm. um, and to motivate you and to make you accountable and to be your cheerleader. And so it really worked for me. So I was like, right, I need to work with really young athletes so that they have a life plan running alongside their career plan. Mm -hmm. Amazing, amazing. Um, you talked about chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, like, oh, I was in bed for a year. It's like, whoa, hello. Like, did this come on gradually or was this like an all of a sudden thing where you hit a wall? It's a gradual thing. Um, I, I don't know if you're an A-type overachieving perfectionist, but I definitely was. And so when you get the headache, you just push through. When your body hurts, you push through. Um, I had no self-care strategies whatsoever. It was just burn and churn. And I had that real European, come from a European family where it was just work hard or you're lazy. So that whole scenario for me was don't sit down, never sit down, keep running. And I really ruined my body. I really ruined my system. You know, I ate well, but oh, it was just too much. The pace was huge. It was enormous. And you literally so it, had to go to bed. One day, I mean, I couldn't get, I was finding it really hard to get up a lot of the time and I was getting quite brain foggy. And then one day I actually couldn't get up anymore. And I did just you couldn't. resign or they let you go or how did that play out? They were amazing because I had married the job and they used to just career work to my bed because nobody, there was so much work that I was doing that they didn't, couldn't work out everything. So they would courier the work to my bed and I'll give instructions and then they'd query it back. Mm. Yeah, because we didn't have Zoom. We didn't have anything. Sure, sure. You know, we, we, we only just had a mobile phone. So it was really um, very, very confronting as a 28-year-old to be burnt out, mm -hmm. to be completely burnt out, to have cracked your system, cracked the engine. Mm. So it was – and the other thing is with chronic fatigue is you don't look sick, you don't have plaster on or – you know, you don't have big bandages on. So people are like, well, what are you talking about? You look completely fine. Right. But it feels like you have an incredibly massive hangover, mm. but you haven't drunk anything. And you feel like you've been in a big fight, like you've had a baseball bat, you know, dinged up your whole body. That's what it feels like. It's a really horrific, very silent um, disease and, and condition to have. So mm -hmm. I feel like now I'm, I'm still a bit of a Ferrari you know, still a high achieving perfectionist type person, but there's a crack in the system. So I've got to be very careful of my engine. Mm. And what does that look like these days in terms of just caring for your own 
mind, body, soul. Yeah, yeah. It's a total dedication to making sure that crack never appears fully again. So you can look at the warning signs, you can, you know, make sure you don't have those late nights, you can make sure your diet's really good. I I don't drink very much alcohol at all. I have one coffee a day, like really trimming everything back to care, to really care about myself. And, And I think a lot of people are really learning this these days is how to really care for yourself because we weren't really taught that at school. Mm-hmm. I had my own breakdown experience. Mine was more, it was physical and mental, but um, it didn't involve, you know, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome um, after going for 10 years straight, you know, just day in and day out. And I just hit the wall about 12, 13 years ago and uh, it changed my life. You know, it really required Mm. me to shift from kind of performance and perfectionism and productivity to peace. And so peace Mm. is just a huge part of my life now. I still run pretty hard, but I've got a lot of um, a lot of things in place that I'm rejuvenating myself, whether it's through uh, diet, uh, exercise. Um, I'm on anti-anxiety and anti-depression medication in order to kind of help me just feel balanced and not have that anxiety buzz that led to my workaholism. And um, I get about eight to nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. And that's a big, you know, that's a big uh, non-negotiable for me. I have to get sleep. Yeah. Same, same. I go to bed before my children. (laughs) Me too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how old your kids are. Mine are, mine are 18 and 21, but I'm definitely in bed before them. Like, and yeah, often, mine, are, mine are 15 and 17 and they're like, are you going to bed at 9.30? I'm like, oh, hell yes. Absolutely yeah. yes. Because if I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and exercise and and present all day and coach people and then cook your dinner and <laughs> look after the house, yeah, I need, I need to go to bed. You know, I, need to, I need to look after. And, and in the book I really talk about that we're the asset, right? So if you're the asset in this precious commodity, what are you doing to look after yourself? Yeah. So I love to tell people that you're a business you, and, and, the, and the business that you work for is just the ride that you get on during the day, but you are the business. And we mm. have all these different departments, our mental health, our physical health, our emotional health, our spiritual health. And what are we doing to make sure all of those silos are really functioning well? Mm-hmm. So that when we do get on the ride for the day, which is the job that you do, you know, you can enjoy it and you can love it and you can have longevity in your career, but we can't have longevity if we're just burning and churning all the time. So I think it is really important for people to have that plan, that just that basic non-negotiables, those basic structures that support you as a human being. Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned the book, you've written a number of books, but the book that we're specifically talking about today is The Life Plan, Simple Strategies for a Meaningful Life. How would you describe this book if people haven't laid eyes on it yet? Well, the book is taking you on a journey. And I wrote the book because, well, number one, I wanted to write a beautiful book. So it's, yeah, it looks like a a beautiful coffee table book and it's all photographed beautifully. But I wanted like a cookbook, you know, those those cookbooks that you start with and they say simple dinners. I was like, I want a simple book that someone doesn't want to read a whole book on values or a whole book on goal setting or a whole book on what's your purpose. So how can I make it into a simple cookbook where, you know, every every life skill, wellness skill is in a beautiful tapas menu? It's it's the simple version of it all. So it's a beautiful journey and it's a handbook for life because I personally can't read a whole book on what are your values. It's it's too much for me. So I had to break everything down and put everything into this beautiful, very simple format that helps you build your own life plan and helps you really reconnect with who you are and stretches you and gives you some really great ideas and asks you a lot of wonderful questions that a life coach would actually ask you. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of questions and they provoke a a level of intentionality with someone's life. And, you know, that's the thing that came to my mind as I was reading through it was, you know, anything involving personal development or life plan is about intentionality. But this book is just, the whole thing is just like, are you going to be intentional about your life or not? Like, and here are all the questions that are going to help you think about intentionality. As you work with people, like, what's the difference between living an unintentional and an intentional life? 
Like what's the difference in those two types of lives? Yeah, I, I like to think of it as you're in the car and you're either in the passenger seat or you're in the driver's seat. So my clients all come to me feeling like they're in the passenger seat. It's the treadmill of life. It's the same old, same old. Um, I'm doing what I'm doing, but I'm not sure if that's exactly what I want to be doing. And I'm not sure how I got here. I took some opportunities, but I wasn't intentional about them. And now I feel like I'm actually not in control. I'm not getting up every day going, I know exactly why I'm doing this. I know exactly what my purpose is for today. And I feel really excited about it. So my job is to get them and coach them from the passenger seat into the driver's seat again and put both hands on that steering wheel and say, this is my life and I'm going to choose where I drive today. So living a life of choice because you're so clear on what you want to be doing mm-hmm. and the decisions you want to make and where you want to set your boundaries with other people and how you want to look after yourself. So I think success is about living the life you choose. And if you want to choose life, you have to really be intentional about it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know where to start. So where do we start? You know, we always start with who are you without your job and what are your values? So I want to build the person who goes to their job. They're sporting as as an elite athlete. That's where really who I wanted to start coaching. Now I'm coaching CEOs and I'm coaching partners and directors and, and entrepreneurs. It's about your job is what you do. It's not who you are. Be very clear about that. So build the human being, you know, build yourself first so that it doesn't matter what ride you get on and off all through your life. And it might change but you're pretty rock solid in who you are and that's your confidence tank. So it's about building that calm confidence that will take you on the journey of life because you know and you've done the work mm-hmm. on yourself. Mm-hmm. I tell my clients, your roles will change over the course of your life. Your skills will even change, but mm-hmm. your true identity is is what I call it. That That doesn't change. Like that's you know, that just who you are, like the, the core of who you are, um, is, is rock solid. Um, I think about, um, I actually was a pastor for 10 plus years and, um, I have a lot of friends that are very kind of woo woo spiritual now. And I think about sometimes in both of those worlds, ironically, the level of intentionality about one's life can be, overlooked or bypassed by putting the onus or um, responsibility on God or the divine. You come across that in your work much? Um, Yes, sometimes. Sometimes people don't want to take responsibility for what they're doing or their actions or they wait God will figure, God will, God will, God will, yeah, the universe will deliver, you know. But what we need to do is find clarity, purpose, and direction for ourselves. And when we're open to receiving, that's wonderful. It's fantastic. I'm totally open to receiving what the universe has for me. Yes. But every day, I know what clarity, purpose, and direction. Mm -hmm. So there is a beautiful structure, and I take massive action to make things happen. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think a lot of people need to come back to, you know, taking responsibility versus blame as a pretty serious life skill. And it's a it's in the book. It's a very big life skill to learn about. Take 100% responsibility for yourself today, mm-hmm. for all the uh, decisions you're going to make, for your own motivation. Don't wait for other people You know, it's going to be a grey day here in Melbourne today. It's not going to be a sunny day. You know, don't let outside factors or COVID lockdowns or anything stop you. You know, stay, keep your eyes on your own plate, control the controllables and be focused. Get in your car and drive. You know, so it's really exciting to coach people and see them go from the passenger seat to the driver's seat. It's a beautiful journey to watch and be a part of and to Mm -hmm. see them drive off. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. So walk me through the seven chapters of this book, Um, maybe just a sentence or two about each chapter. Um, They all start with S, which is very convenient. Um, (laughs) Start. What is start Start. all about? Start is all about start with just sitting in the driver's seat. Get to know the car. Just sit and feel the car. That is really what are your values and who are you? And what's the journey of your life been like so far? 
So it's got the the questions in there to bring you back home. What's the most important to you? You know, if people got up every day and said, what's the most important thing to me in the world today? They just wrote that down on a little sticky note. They would have direction. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Then it says, what are your values? Here, my values sit here. They're there every day on a, on a yellow sticky note. Health, family, achievement. What mm-hmm. am I doing today for my health? Because my values are the boss. So it teaches you to work out your values, have the three words, put them up on the mirror, on a sticky note, on your car dashboard. What am I doing today for my health? Mental, physical, and emotional and spiritual. What am I doing today for my family? Which means... Not is my 15 and 17-year-old child and my husband happy. It means am I showing up? Am mm-hmm. I just showing up being the mm-hmm. best version of myself? That's my job. Mm-hmm. And then achievement. So achievement to be being an achievement junkie. I love writing to-do lists and smashing goals. Is really destructive. It's really not healthy, is it? It's burnout century, central right there. So for me, the achievement is did I take five minutes out? Did I wash my hands slowly and take deep breaths? Did I look in the mirror and connect with myself? That's mm. a harder achievement than selling a thousand books. That is for sure. Is to care is to care for ourselves. So that's start. So that's let's just get the basics right. I think, yeah. and then it's simplify. It's like let's look at all the clutter in your life, in your finances, in your home, in your relationships, in your work, and let's just let's just simplify your life. You know, mm-hmm. people have really messy, overcomplicated lives. Mm-hmm. And I like to strip it back. Like, let's just prune the tree. <laughs> let's get rid of the toxic people. Let's let's really come back to being calm and focused. So mm-hmm. I really love that chapter because it teaches you about all the different areas in life and how to just, if it's not essential, why isn't there? Sure. You know, so great questions there. Stretch is like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to drive the car? So, you know, where do you want to be in three years' time? Mm -hmm. I love vision. I love vision and vision boards. I'm actually designing vision board kits that is going to be global and available for Christmas where I actually have all the pictures for you as well. Nice. Um, So fun. Um, But I love vision boards. I do them all the time. Is where do you want to drive your car? Like if you just say I live in L.A. and I live in L.A., I'm like, okay, that's really great. But where are you going? You know, mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're doing a road trip, you know, do you want to go to San Francisco? Do you want to go over to Yellowstone? Do you want to go down to Colorado? Do you want to hike in Steamboat? And you want to go to Vegas and get married? And then do you want to end up back in LA? Your brain just went on a really big trip, right? We just opened up a lot of opportunity for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think about it. You go, Yellowstone, oh, yeah, well, I want to go to the Grand Tetons or whatever it might be. Until I love the US. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing because I couldn't even tell you a single thing about Australia. I mean, good Lord, you've just like <laughs> taken me on a tour of my own country. What the heck? I know. <laughs> because I love your country. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, yeah, so stretch is where do you want to get to? Okay, so we build the map. Your life map, your life plan is where do you want to get to when you're three years older, five years older, 10 years older. And I do 20-year plans with my clients. So think about your 20-year-older self. So I'll be 70. So I think about my 70-year-old self and I always think about, well, am I doing today what is best for her? Mm. You know? And I love Matthew McConaughey's Oscar speech when he said, my role model is my 10-year-older self. Mm. How can I be a better version of myself? And what can I do today to make that happen? Mm-hmm. So that's what that chapter is about, which is great. And the next one is structure, which is where are the pit stops along the way? Mm-hmm. So life's a marathon. We've got to have some Gatorade stops along the way. We need to take a breath. Um, we need to structure what, what needs to happen this year and then next year. And on the plan that I do with people, we, we strategize. And it's really exciting. A lot of people think we have to do everything now, today, this year everything. And we don't, we, we can actually pace it out a little bit so you can enjoy it and do a much better job. There's this rush mentality. I'm not sure if you find it over there, but there's a rush mentality that, oh, well, we've got to launch the website and get everything perfect now. And we can really pace it out a bit and enjoy it, get the same result, maybe a better result. 
And then we t- um, the next one is succeed, which is, um, you know, how to manage yourself so you have longevity in your career and mm. in your life. So all of those different factors on managing your energy, not just your time. We've got to manage our energy mm-hmm. so that we can enjoy the, the ride, otherwise we're going to fall asleep at the wheel. The next one is sabbatical. Um, which is when are you taking time out or a pause in life? Mm-hmm. So if we just go from working from when we're 18 to 70 and there's no pause, there's no clarity. It's like when you when you put a glass of water in the river and you take the glass of water out, it's all murky and spinning around. It's only when you stop and you put it down and let the sediment go down, you have crystal clear clarity. So after my husband and I had done 10 years straight in our jobs, he's a CEO and I'd done 10 years of coaching, we took the six months off. You know, you can rent your house out. We went and lived in an RV in the US, hence I know all of those places. And we lived in Colorado and we did hiking and biking and fishing and we were just a family and we learned to breathe and we learned about connection and mindfulness and then we we travelled through all of those amazing national parks and down the coast and we, we got remarried. We renewed our vows in Vegas at the White Chapel. Very fun. It's actually better than our real wedding. <laughs> it was really fun. It was so much fun to do that with our children. And then, you know, we didn't do any homework. We did nothing. We just lived. We just purely lived mindfully and it was outstanding. Um, And we still talk about it today. And they were, I think, seven and nine years old. Um, And we came back and life was exactly the same as we left it. Nothing had changed. So I really question people on their life plan is where are your pauses? Where would you take a sabbatical? It might not have to be six months. It might be two months. Mm -hmm. But enough time for you to change your state, Hmm. to, to to maybe learn something, to work on something, to change something, mm-hmm. to take a pause, a really good breath, have a really good stretch on the marathon or park the car and have a big stretch and then keep driving because you really learn a lot about yourself when you get off the treadmill, you know, and you mm-hmm. stop doing the same thing all the time. And the last one is shine, you know, which is celebrating and a lot of difference, it's a huge chapter and it's fantastic, but the thing I struggle with the most is celebrating the wins. How I'm sure all the people that you know, people really find it hard to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's very hard. Why do we get great wins and then we just go to the next thing on the to-do list rather than taking a breath and high-fiving ourselves in the mirror and doing a bit of a rock star dance and thinking, God, we, we really need to celebrate because we are moving. We are arriving at new towns. We are stretching ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we don't look around and we don't sit in it and we don't feel it. We just keep driving through. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important to um, celebrate and learn how to celebrate, not just the big ones, but the small wins that you have every day so you feel successful every day. Mm-hmm. So that's the journey of the life plan in, in a nutshell. Now, you mentioned that shine was is kind of more of a difficult one in terms of like celebrating the wins. Would you say that out of the seven chapters you just mentioned, that that was the most difficult chapter for you to write or was it perhaps another one? It was the most difficult for me to write, 100%. The the last 20 years of being a life coach and also being coached myself because I think it's really important that a coach gets a coach. So every three or four years I get a coach for a year to really challenge me and work on me. So all the other chapters is actually just how I live my life and the questions I ask myself, but shine, it was like, oh, uh, the coach I have today keeps telling me, well, what are we sell? She always starts a call with, what are we celebrating? And I'm like, oh gosh, that's uncomfortable. So it's still something, it's a work in progress for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our family, we do dinners around the table three, four nights a week. And we always, we, we started out by sharing highs and lows, and then we just kind of started sharing about our day. But a lot of it is around, what do you want to celebrate? You know, what's a good thing? about today, not just when you hit the high, not when you just, you know, reach the goal, but just Mm. every day, you know what I mean? There's got to be good things to point out and celebrate on a daily basis. That has helped me to be able to, you know, pause, but yeah, I'm very similar. That, that would definitely have been the hardest chapter for me to write as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We do a similar thing. We call it the rose and thorn of the day. Uh Sure. So you've got to say one rose and one thorn, but 
I think celebration is about feeling it, like not just saying it or mm. articulating what's happened, but actually sitting there and think, I did that. I made that happen. I picked up that phone and I made that phone call to make that happen or I sent mm-hmm. that email or I did contact someone on social media. It's 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 you did that and I think we don't sit in the feeling of that wasn't the universe and that wasn't mm-hmm. God, that was me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually took action and and I need to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. I think it's also it. fun as a family to go, you know, sometimes around other people, maybe it's a little nerve wracking to celebrate something because it could create um, uh, weird feelings of competition or something. But, you know, I, like for with our family, yes. just to be able to celebrate with one another and go, yeah, you did that, you know, great job. Yeah. And kind of help that person. Because sometimes I know we can help one another feel it more than the person can maybe feel it in the moment. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. And it's great to to have a cheer squad, right? Mm-hmm. Who who want to celebrate with you. And a lot of people don't want to be on your cheer squad. They don't want to celebrate. Right. Because it shows them that they're actually not taking any action and it's right. uncomfortable for them. Right. Exactly. Mm. Um, so one of the things that I noticed right when I was reviewing the first couple of chapters and I have written um, some books that have a lot of questions in them too. And it was so funny because I love to ask a lot of questions. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I'm a podcaster. I love to ask a lot of questions. If I meet Mm -hmm. somebody out in public, I have literally had people say to like strangers, like, are you interrogating me right now? Because (laughs) I I go, no, no, no. I'm just genuinely interested. Like I just, yeah, you're a curious man. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just love to, you know, get to know more about you. They're like, are you with the FBI or what's going on? Um, But I, also noticed that my experience in reading through parts of the book was, wow, this could feel really overwhelming. And I'm the guy who likes these kind of books. And, um, you know, like, I'll just say on start page 16, I've got it here in front of me, who or what is most important to you? Who or what are you inspired by and why? What makes you smile or brings you sheer delight? When have, uh, when have you felt Um, you were at your best, most passionate and alive. Oh my goodness. Like, and then there's Mm -hmm. 10 more questions after this and they're just rich questions. How, how would you suggest someone dive into a book like this to get the most out of it without feeling overwhelmed in the process? Well, it's your life plan and your life book, right? So for me, I think just do one thing at a time. It's like, you don't buy the cookbook and cook everything in the cookbook on the first day, right? So we go, I think I'll try that entree or I think I'll try that main or I think I'll try that dessert. We don't cook all the desserts on the same day. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like it's working your way through the book at your pace. So some people email me and say, I've spent a year in your book, a year, and it's been unbelievable and it's full of writing and I've written over all those beautiful pictures or it's full of sticky notes hanging out the side or I've, I've got a journal that's answered all of those questions and it's changed my life and it's made me move and it's it's brought me clarity and purpose and direction. So it's not, it's not a book that you would just pick up and read the whole cookbook at once type thing. Sure, sure. Or, or read about every single road stop on that whole road trip through Yellowstone down to Colorado and back around. Mm-hmm. It's like it's all there for you. Everything that you need for the rest of your life is actually in the book. So you've got one book that you can have by your bed or on your desk or on the coffee table. You can pick up and just ask yourself one question. Mm-hmm. Or make your way through one chapter at a time and make a life change one chapter at a time or one question mm-hmm. at a time. So I love to sit there and just ask myself one question. Um, I like to go on retreat every year for one week and I'll just take the book and I'll just sit there and write the one question in my journal and I'll just think about, well, what, what does bring me joy? Because it keeps mm-hmm. changing, right? We keep evolving and the scenery keeps changing. Mm-hmm. So we keep evolving. So what you may have written three years ago might not still be the same. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Yeah. I, uh, when I have people on the podcast that, you know, we're talking about a book, I'll oftentimes go to Amazon and read some of the reviews. And um, so I did that with this book and I don't know if you read your own reviews on Amazon, but um, 
I've never read a review. I'm well, not very good at promoting myself. <laughs> well, there are lots of great five-star reviews, but I think there was this one guy who gave it a two-star review and I was like, what? I want to read this two-star review. And so it was so interesting because this gentleman talked about it being a very simple book. He he used some interesting word choices, not not uh, cursing. I just was a, a little bit hard to understand exactly what he was getting to, but saying it was a very simple book. And if you were like a more of an extraordinary type A person, you would should get a different book. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought to myself, and so then I dove into your book, and I thought, oh. Well, um, I I mean, I don't want to make a judgment on him, but I know for me, like this is a very simple book and it is so intense, you know, and I know (laughs) that's the reason why you, you know, you've said it is a simple book and they're very simple questions and the questions are so deep if you want them to be, if you want to just read through the questions and just blaze through it, then this is not the book for you. Like it's definitely not the book for you. Like no. this is a book for you to marinate in and just kind of think about and process. And um, he definitely missed missed the he missed the book he missed the boat. Yeah, and um, it is a simple book because we're not we're not writing a whole book on one topic on celebration. Right. We're not writing a whole book on um, mapping out your twenty years. It's so simple. It's it's like the Jamie Oliver um, five ingredients, right? It is simplifying everything for the reader, but you can put as much effort in as you want. Yes. And even if you put a little bit of effort in, you'll you'll discover things about yourself or great tools and tips or whatever it might be. So I think for an A-type person, it is the perfect book because it totally. just hits you in the face. Totally. But if you're if you're new to asking yourself this journey, going on this journey and connecting with yourself, it's also a very soft book because it looks soft, it looks inviting. Um, you know, there's photos taken for every single page of the book. It took us three days, but a lot of girls have written to me in particular and said, "I just feel comfortable in the pages." So I will ask myself that question where perhaps if it was in a normal book, I would never have asked myself that question. It's too hard. But because it looks nice, they're sort of inviting it in, which is really interesting. And that wasn't my intention. Mm -hmm. Well, the use of not only the imagery, but even just white space, you know, just some space to allow the eye to kind of linger, just lets you sit with it for a minute. And it doesn't feel like it's forcing me the book is not forcing me to move along it's inviting me no. to kind of sit on the page and just uh take in the question or take in the material um so i i think it's a beautiful beautiful book and so um i definitely would encourage people to pick it up it is available on amazon and we'll have the link in the show notes and as shanna mentioned the photography is just gorgeous i thought it was stock photography but it was captured just for this book itself, which is amazing. Yeah. And I particularly loved all the pictures of your family uh, in the oh, back with the RV yeah. and all of that. So, so beautiful. So fun. Yeah. The sabbatical. Um, yeah. And the, the kids running around and it was very, very cool. Um, you do have a new book coming out summer of 2021, I believe plan B a guide to navigating and embracing change. Who is this book for? And, what is it all about? Well, this book, I did have a Jerry Maguire moment. I was um, a year ago uh, when Melbourne went into lockdown and they closed the borders. And in one week, I got like 40 phone calls cancelling all my speaking gigs for the year. So I just sat there in total shock going, well, that's most of my income gone. Um, I better pick up my coaching business a lot more. But I was sort of, it it really shocked me that my whole business could just fall over like that and how reliant I was on my speaking at conferences. And I've got my books and I've got the coaching, but it was really confronting. I thought, wow, we really have to change. I've also worked from home for 17 years and all of a sudden my husband was home, my kids were homeschooling, everyone was home. And I was like, where am I, where am I going to sit in the house? I know that experience. My wife yeah. and kids came home. I was like, what the heck? 
this is my space. This is my sanctuary. Yes. <laughs> I've had this house for 17 years and you're invaded. So I actually woke up like at three o'clock in the morning, sweating, going, I've coached people for 20 years through change, through shock, through divorce, through loss of job, through their athlete career being finished overnight. I've um, businesses failing. I've coached every type of scenario. I know exactly what's going to happen. So I just got up. I wrote down all the chapter headings and intro in one hour. It just flew out of my brain. The universe dropped it in and I took it, flew it, flew out, sent it off to the publisher and they said, write the book. So I'm really excited about this book because it's for anybody who's had any change and we have change all the time, but it goes into the four stages of change. So stage one is the change. It's how you react. It's the grief cycle. I don't want to read a, it's a bit like the life plan. It's a simple book. Everything is summarized. So what is the grief cycle quickly and, and what should you do and how do you quickly breathe when you're in that fight or flight mode and what are all the things that happen when you experience change and shock for the first time. The second part of the book is how you heal, how you reset and you restore yourself. So this is an R book, Reset and Restore. It's called The Healing, is how do we then pick up the pieces after the storm and how do we heal ourselves and our mind and our body and our soul and build a, a team around us to help us keep going when we're in such shock. And then the third chapter is the pivot. It's the, the reconnect. It's the reset. It's how we rebuild the map. You know, we've had a car accident, you know, or, or that town has wiped off the grid and what are we going to do with our map that we had in the life plan, the, the original plan that we all think mm. that we know. So when you get the curveball, we have to redesign the plan. We need a plan B just to be motivated again, to give the brain, the brain needs a map. If the brain doesn't have a map, it wallows, mm. it gets depressed, it gets lost. But if we give you a set of instructions, the brain's like, I'm happy now. I know what to do next. I might not feel like it at the minute, but I know what to do next. And then the last chapter is um, radiate. It's the awakening. It's actually uh, my life could be better like this. I mean, look what's happened with COVID. This, this whole world has opened up to us that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. um, so we look for the gift. And last year when I was coaching all these corporate teams, my first question was, what is the gift of today? Mm. Look at the gift that, that's in your controllable and on your plate. Mm. Um, so that's all about we can actually, if your marriage failed, doesn't mean your life is over. Maybe your next marriage or maybe life after that marriage could actually end up being better and mm. more exciting and more true to life and more what you really want that you didn't realise at the time. Mm -hmm. Or maybe your next business is going to be bigger than the one that you just lost. Mm-hmm. Or you lost your job and you thought, oh, gosh, you know, I'm never going to find a job like that again. And then a year later, you're in a job that's 10 times better. So allow yourself to radiate again. Mm -hmm. So that's a beautiful book that takes you on another journey. It's a little bit like the life plan where you can take your time through the book. You don't just have to read it from cover to cover, but it will prompt you on what comes next mm -hmm. when we go through change and experience change. Awesome. So plan B, a guide to navigating and embracing change that, oh, I think it's available on Amazon now for pre-order, I believe. And um, it comes out, what, July? Is that right? July. Yeah. yeah. July, 2020, 2021, whatever That's we're in. <laughs> I lost a year. And you also work with individuals around the globe in terms of coaching them on their life and strategy and next step. Is that correct? Yes. I have lots of American clients and clients in Paris and Singapore and lots in Australia. And it's really about having that strategic partner in your life to say, okay, where are we going? Where do you want to get to? How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel this year? You know, are you doing the things that are going to help you feel that way and, and get that goal? But I like to people to enjoy the journey of life. So I do consciously talk about, do you want to feel light? Do you want to feel vibrant? What's the feeling that you're trying to achieve as well, not just what are the goals? Um, so, yes, I do coach people individually and teams, you know, small teams, corporate teams, do keynotes, do a lot of live seminars now. But I, the, the, for me, the joy is the individual.
It's awesome. really working with someone as their strategic partner. Very fun. And so people can find you at shannakennedy.com, S-H-A-N-N-A-H, kennedy.com. And we'll have all your link and, and uh, social media links in the show, show notes. People can swipe up on their phone and, and get those now. Um, yeah. But Shanna, thank you so much for taking time to walk us through your book. And it's absolutely beautiful. I encourage people to pick it up. And uh, all the links for the books are on uh, on Amazon or in your show notes. So thank you so much. Amazing. Thanks for having me. And remember for all the listeners out there and people watching that you're the asset. You know, no one's going to really look after you as much as you're going to look after yourself. So really to lean in and embrace that journey of being your own best friend and wanting the best for yourself and taking that responsibility and that action. So thank you. I really appreciate it. And it's great to meet you. And I, I look forward to coming back to the US when we can and, um, and having lunch with you. Sounds great. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949 949- 401-6090. That's 949-401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity.